Our favorite day of the week at yet another DC animated podcast is game night. Although we usually play the Batman version of Monopoly. Where literally everything is owned by Bruce Wayne. We also like jumping over to the Marvel Universe and playing Marvel Dice Throne. Marvel Dice Throne is a fast and fun board game for all ages. Each player selects one of eight heroes to face off in a head-to-head battle to see who earns the right to take the throne. Gameplay involves strategically rolling a dice to activate special abilities, playing unique hero cards to manipulate results, and upgrading your hero board to power up your stats. This is currently being crowdfunded on Kickstarter and will have Kickstarter exclusives. So go there now to reserve your copy. This is yet another DC Animated Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Kofif, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Wonder Woman voice actress Susan Eisenberg appeared in Louis Anderson's <laughs> self-titled animated sitcom. <laughs> Everyone's got to start somewhere. And for her, it was Louis Anderson. You know, that's that's who it was for her. That's crazy. That's quite a jump from going from just like being a person on Louis Anderson's show, which I'm pretty sure was very comedic, to later being the voice of, you know, probably one of the strongest superheroes that never created. Yeah, that is such a glow up. And today we we're speaking about that hero. We we're speaking about Wonder Woman. Now, I know you're wondering, why are we talking about Wonder Woman again? Well, Y'all heard our Wonder Woman Bloodlines episode. You know how we felt about it. Yeah, we were uh, we were appropriately savage towards it. You know, it, it just had to be done. Yes, of course. So today we decided to do something proper for her, a full Wonder Woman episode, going through a little bit, once again, a recap on her creation, her actual origin story, and some of her best performances throughout the years and that impact that's had on us, as well as just wrapping up some of the things that we would like to see in the future. And at the end of our episode, we're going to share a little bit more about what we've been doing for Wonder Woman Day in 2021. We're celebrating the 80th anniversary of Wonder Woman. So to start off, uh, just a quick recap. Wonder Woman, her creation. When we talked about it during Wonder Woman Bloodlines, uh, we were introduced to Wonder Woman there for 20 minutes in that movie. I, I, that's generous. But yeah, let's say 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got introduced to a story that we've known well from seeing her movie with Gal Gadot. But once again, Wonder Woman is one of the, it's probably actually the first female superhero in history with her character being introduced in All-Star Comics number eight in 1941. She was created by William Moulton Marston and Harry G. Peter. But honestly, you got to give more for characterization. It was very much influenced by Marston's wife, Elizabeth. And quick shout out again, Marston's, they were the creators of the polygraph lie detector. So you can definitely see why that is connected to the last little truth there. Yeah, more effective, I think it's the lasso. I, I, in general, I, I just think it, it's just easier to get truth out with a golden glowing rope <laughs> than random squiggles that I can't read. Yeah, I've always wondered what how that works. I feel you're right. It's like the lasso of truth, if you lie, it glows. Or even it gets tighter if you lie, I feel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it seems like a foolproof system to me. 
And her design was influenced by the Marston's polyamorous partner, Olive Byrne. One of her key things was she wore bracelets, very much like the ones that Diana wears throughout all of basically comic book history and other members of the Amazons as well. In her first couple of comics, Marston, he was very much influenced with just like what the world would look like if women ran it. So that's what he really wanted to portray with Wonder Woman for it to be a hero that finally was able to solve things, not using their fist or bulging muscles and what we've kind of seen a lot of during those years of Batman, Superman and Green Lantern. He really wanted to create a character that was a bit more diplomatic and also to show us a world where if women, you know, basically ran the world, it would be all right, guys. It would be all right. Yeah. So, you know, we might have uh, alienated someone. And if we did, that's good because you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on for journey, her comics also featured a lot of uh, mentions of wondrous woman throughout history. So it was also served as a history lesson. So there you go, parents. If you're stopping your kids from reading comics, you need to stop doing that. There is some great information in those stuff. You want them to go to Harvard? You, you let them read about comics where Wonder Woman punches people. Do it. <laughs> so she has, again, once again, a very tumultuous history um, due to the transition of creators and writers on her books. She eventually fell off of the eye of many characters, many people, including a very big scandal that happened, which person believed that she was trying to teach our kids to become lesbians. But, you know, once all of that was put aside, she quickly rose back up into comic book fame thanks to her cover image on Ms. Magazine number one. Thank you, Gloria Steinem, for doing that, because by doing so, you reignited her popularity to the point where we were able to get not only a television series, but an animated presence of hers through either television and movies, and finally culminating into the Gal Gadot appearance of her in 2017. Yeah, it's amazing what just a, a push can do in the right direction, just reminding people to get out of their own way and just, <laughs> it's a character. It's a character right. that can inspire and, and give something to people. It shouldn't be blamed for one single societal issue that you see. And again, not even an issue <laughs> if it were true. <laughs> if Wonder Woman really were <laughs> creating lesbians somehow, again, <laughs> yeah, I don't really see the negative except if you're biased. And again, if this alienates you, thank you. Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like you should have more issues with the fact that back in the day, Superman, apparently, I think it was he was able to breathe out and let people forget things like that's that's a red flag yeah that that uh, amnesia kiss mm -hmm. in superman 2 that's <laughs> you guys guys should be a lot more worried about that yeah, yeah it's like how many times you've been kissed by superman you'll never know mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we didn't do this our in our last episode in uh, wonder woman bloodlines but now we're going to give you a run through of wonder woman's origin story throughout the comics so in Wonder Woman's origin story in the comics back during the golden ages in 1941, following one of the many big wars that we've had in Greek mythology, there's just so much fighting in Greek mythology, y'all. It just, you know, like, just, just take a break at some point. 
a group of women were guided to a new land with the help of the Greek goddess of love, Aphrodite. Venus, if you prefer her Roman name. They were gui guided to this new island called Paradise Island, later called Themyscira. And this island not only prevented men from being on there, but also prevented the women that were residing on there from aging. And the gods ended up bestowing some of their abilities onto the inhabitants of Paradise Island. Hence why everybody on there is just super strong, just like Wonder Woman, but probably less so compared to Wonder Woman, uh, which I'll talk about in a bit. But everybody there is just basically a trained fighter from birth. They come out the womb probably with sword in hand. Ooh, ouch, but okay. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> oh, right, right. They hand the swords after. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. That, that's reasonable. Instead of a baby rattle, you get a sword. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. Mm -hmm. This island was ruled by Queen Hippolyta. Name sounds familiar because you've seen her a lot in Greek mythology. She is the queen of the Amazons. Um, you hear of her story and things like Hercules' 12 labors and other things like that. But again, she was the queen of the Amazons, a very fearsome, powerful queen, able to fight everything. However, like most people who hold the crown, they start feeling that they want a little more. So Hippolyta went around on the beach um, or in just like her own studio and used some clay and molded it into the shape of a child. Uh, so Andrew, have you ever done a pottery class? <laughs> uh, I, I can't say it. I, I usually skip them. So uh, <laughs> if I accidentally shape it in a human, do I make a human? Is that the danger of going to pottery class? Yes, that's the birds and the bees, my friend. Oh, man. <laughs> ah, well, good. I'm not ready. So I, I thank God I know this now. <laughs> yeah, I think this is why I usually um, try to only aim for bowls or flat surfaces because I, I, I suck at these things <laughs> but anyway to recognize Hippolyta's work and sacrifices being the queen of the Amazons and for helping them out in the past the gods decided to, to bestow life upon this child and this child ended up being Diana aka our Wonder Woman so so not only did the gods bestow life upon this child they also gave her some abilities um, and by which I mean a shit ton of abilities so to give you a frame of like how powerful Wonder Woman is, I got to introduce you to Batman's story in the Tower of Babel, the comic book st story arc, or more commonly adapted into Justice League Doom. Mm -hmm. For anyone unfamiliar to this, Justice League Doom showed us that Batman has a contingency plan against every single member of the Justice League. If he ever felt like any of them went the wrong way or probably just paid for something of his before he got a chance to do so, uh, he had a plan to basically take them out. For Superman, it was kryptonite. For Flash, it was a bomb that, you know, basically adopt he adopted speed in this case. In which if his Flash moved at, stopped moving at a certain speed, he will die. In the comic for Wonder Woman, the box is empty. Because Wonder Woman, there is no kryptonite for her. There is nothing that can stop Wonder Woman. Things were just created later on to just kind of like help to not make her as OP as she is. So, but basically just to give you that frame of mind, Wonder Woman is unstoppable. Unless there's like some 
Amazonite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I but doesn't sound like there is. Yeah, careful, man. That's, somebody might try to make that canon. So, oh like, no, no, it's not canon. Oh god! If you, if you try, if, please at least workshop the name. <laughs> she was bestowed with super strength. Um, it's recorded that she can at least lift like two quintillion metric tons because in one comic she actually helped to move the planet Earth. Damn, and she did it with the metric system. So that's doubly impressive. Yeah. Uh, she was able to pull the Martian Manhunter out of a black hole at one point. And my favorite feat of strength, in one comic, she punched Doomsday into a cloud of dust. The guy that killed Superman. Yep. How, how does anyone stop this woman? <laughs> <laughs> she also has super speed because she has also competed with Shazam and Superman in the foot race and has been able to keep up. She's probably just like, you know, like in the panel, they show her in the, on the left side and obviously flashes on the right because he's keeping up with his number one spot. But she has this super speed thanks to Hermes. She also has accelerated healing and durability, which Andrew, I think you will enjoy this one because she can take a punch from the reverse flash who punches with 2 billion megatons of force or basically a white dwarf star. Damn. So you can't even be like, it was me, Diana, because he's going to be dead after she punches him into dust for punching her. <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> she also has magic dispelling. She's immortal, as we see that she doesn't age in the comic book series of Kingdom Come and the Dark Knight comics. And... Last but not least, she later adopt, She was later acquired flight. Prior to that, though, I got to say she probably has the most badass form of transportation because not only does she have an invisible jet, but an Earth 2 version of her has a flying horse. Oh, like a, like a Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, also, like a, a Pegasus. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Should actually use the real reference. <laughs> so, yeah, Diana... She, she's just power powerful man like um and then after that she was just trained to be an amazon so that tying in with just hand-to-hand -hand combat truly does make her one of the most powerful beings in within the dc universe again just some more math for y'all she stands at six feet tall and if i calculate it right she's about three thousand years old all right pretty young pretty yeah. young yeah she got some her skincare routine is on point. And the reason why we know this is because she was born during the time of the Centurion army. We're also adding a couple more thousand years here because at one point, she, Superman, and the Thor of the DC universe were sent to Valhalla where they spent a thousand years in a battle. A thousand years? Mm-hmm. I, I can do like 10 minutes on the elliptical. So it's like, <laughs> in comparison, I, I don't, yeah. I Wonder Woman outdoes me in every way. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to her origins as once again, besides all these miraculous feats of strength that she has, we also know of her story of, of how she came to our world of Steve Trevor tra crash landing on Themyscira while there, she nursed him back to health. And this time is different compared to what we saw in Wonder Woman Bloodlines. 
This time, in order to head back with Steve, she has to compete in the contest. It's this big Amazonian just game that they have where they did adapt it in the Gal Gadot version. That one made it seem more of a kind of like American Ninja Warrior style event. But in this one, the contest is basically reflecting bullets. Mm -hmm. Because even though that I said that she doesn't really have any kryptonite, Amazons are still susceptible to piercing objects. So if they ever get hit with a sword, a gun, or a bullet from a gun, they can possibly die, as we saw in different versions of just animated productions of either Amazons being stabbed or shot within the Zack Snyder universe of the DCEU. Oh, yes, because Wonder Woman's mentor, played by Robin Ivey, Dang it, I don't remember her name off the top of my head. But she's amazing. She's an amazing <laughs> yes. actress. Yes, she died from a bullet. And I was like, but you're an Amazon. How did this happen? And now I know. Yeah. It was one of their ways of trying to just little, kind of like depower her over time. Because it was just like, once again, as you just keep adding more and more power to her, which she was getting, and is still continuing to get, it just turned into this for her. So... They had to find a way to, to just make sure that she at least still had to deal with some adversity. And even though she is susceptible to bullets and swords and other things, she does have a ton of armor and a ton of weaponry to really kind of help her fight off against that. So we talked about the Lasso of Truth. She also has a Themyscirian shield, which one of my favorite scenes from the live action adaptation was her basically jumping on said shield and barreling it through like a battering ram. Um, the sword that she uses is forged by Hephaestus, who is in the New 52, her brother, which I'll talk about in a minute, because in the original Golden Age, she was made from clay, but by New 52, they changed their origin, so they turned her into more of a demigod. So they granted her all these powers as well she was not granted these powers but instead just earned them from the fact that she was a daughter of zeus Mm -hmm. makes sense zeus gives you lots of hacks yeah he won't be there but he he will hook you up (laughs) yeah (laughs) so this sword that she has was forged by hephaestus is powerful enough to split between atoms which is very sharp to say the least it's like getting one of those like infomercial blades but better oh yeah like the wonder knife or whatever yeah yeah as i mentioned her she has her invisible jets she also has her tiara which she uses as a boomerang a lot of times that thing defies the laws of physics probably better than captain america's shield and finally we have the bracelets of submission so when her character was first created these bracelets were worn by all the amazons And they were to symbolize the years of when the Amazons were subjugated under the rule of Hercules during his 12 labors, in which he went to Themyscira and fought with Hippolyta and took over, basically. So after gaining their independence, the Amazons continued to wear them as a sign of their past oppression and ensuring that they will never be subjugated again by another man. For Diana, this later changed by New 52 introducing her and creating her as a daughter of Zeus, 
they now turn them into a power dampener for her. So even though we see her use these bracelets a lot to you know, block off bullets, much like what she needed to do in the contest, these bullets are the one thing that stops Diana from going berserker mode. Hmm. So uh, those are the most useful pieces of jewelry for keeping planet Earth safe. <laughs> yes. Like, honestly, if, and we've seen it, I think, I, I can't remember. Did they actually do that in the uh, 2017 movie where she lost her bracelets? No. Okay. No, I don't think she ever... I don't, I don't think it's mentioned as a factor of her power. Mm. And if it was, it's completely irrelevant by the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would love to see this play out because in her berserker mode, obviously she just gets more powerful. So all these stats that I just listed, listed out, that, that's her, I guess, kind of holding back because of what's being put onto her. Mm. And, you know, that's just really just wonder woman like she is a powerful being her origin story is quite iconic because it ties in very much into a lot of mythology especially for anyone who's really into classics or just into these stories of like clash and wrath of the titans so you know you gotta really gotta give it up to the fact that marston and his crew really helped to put together a story that is timeless it's connected in so many ways to just history and what we're accustomed to hearing and what truly is the ideals of being a superhero. So to have that, you know, basically Wonder Woman is as powerful as she is, it's still, and it's still being held back. It's, I really want to see that the day that we just like let Wonder Woman go and just Mm -hmm. do things. Ultra instinct Wonder Woman, let's go. (laughs) So speaking of things that we wanted to see from Wonder Woman, Andrew, what are, who are some of your, what are some of your favorite adaptations of Wonder Woman? Like, say, favorite performances or actresses? Well, I mean, right now, I think <laughs> this may be more of an honorable mention mm-hmm. because Rosario Dawson is, like, killing it right now as Wonder yeah. Woman in the last few adaptations. I still want her to have a story of her own mm-hmm. that is really strong and unique and independent and she's great as an ensemble member always but i would love to see rosaria dawson get the spotlight of a wonder woman story that is really doing justice to her character outside of that have to give it back to the og linda carter oh yes she is synonymous with the name wonder woman she is constantly tried to being brought back into different Wonder Woman iterations, even if it's a CW commercial to, <laughs> to, that celebrates women. And Linda Carter, one of my favorite cameos in anything ever is when she is the principal of Sky High. Different oh, franchise. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> essentially the same character. And it, I remember looking at that and being like, wait a minute, you know, because I was a kid when I watched it. And mm-hmm. then you know, going back and they're like, oh my God, that's Wonder Woman. And I remember blow, that blowing my mind and like inspiring me to keep like hunting for like little movie things like that. <laughs> so definitely Linda, we got to give it up to the voice actress for Wonder Woman, Susan Eisenberg, I believe. Yes. Um, who held it down for Justice League Unlimited and Justice League. 
consistent portrayals. There are tons of good stories in there that do Wonder Woman justice. And I, I really like her, her portrayal of it because there's that strength, mm-hmm. but also that vulnerability when she needs to do it. And there was never a question in my mind that, you know, this was Wonder Woman on screen. Yeah. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, Gal Gadot, which is she's had an interesting, (laughs) (laughs) she's been given an interesting task of she showed up in Batman v Superman and she was the best part of it. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Instantly. She had about five minutes of screen time and she killed it. She got her own prologue movie, which is perhaps some of the best stuff you've seen in DC. I mean, (laughs) let me, let me go right back on that. That is one (laughs) of the best things you've seen in DCEU. And she had such humanity and such strength and power to that portrayal. And similarly to Rosaria Dawson, I still want her to get more. I want more spotlights. I want better stories, stronger stories for her that mm-hmm. really explore her identity outside of Steve Trevor. Oh my gosh, yes. Let's put Steve Trevor away. Let's move on. And let us have a story about Diana. Maybe she mentors Wonder Girl. Mm-hmm. Maybe she is interacting with other Amazons who want to leave Demascara. Maybe she's mentoring another f- female heroine. What, do something like that. I think there is a lot on the table for a Gal Gadot Wonder Woman still. And a quick dishonorable mention. I love you, but we got to call you out. Adrian Pilecki <laughs> in the, I believe it was 2011 Wonder yep. Woman pilot. Wasn't your fault. You did what you could. But <laughs> this portrayal of Wonder Woman was... So she had three identities. She was Wonder Woman, the uh-huh. superhero. She was also Diana Themyscira, the owner of Themyscira Incorporated or something like that, that she was connected to Wonder Woman, helped sponsor Wonder Woman. And she also, her marketing team would sell action figures that exaggerated her bodily proportions to help fund the corporation. <laughs> And then her third identity was Diana Prince, who was Diana de Mascara just with glasses so that she could have a normal life. And apparently no one would have recognized that she looks exactly like Diana de Mascara because Diana de Mascara is just her without glasses. And Diana (laughs) Prince is her with glasses and with a cat. And she was watching The Notebook. And it's like, this is not a secret identity. (laughs) <laughs> this, this is just many. like a fi- this is post 5 p.m work that's just basically what it is it it was baffling and so yeah that that portrayal definitely there were many more problems with it i think adrian pilecki deserves a second shot at it, it animated cgi mm-hmm. something put her in an injustice game i i don't know but <laughs> don't uh if you ever go back and watch that and you're like, why? <laughs> it, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. But I think every single actress who's played 
Wonder Woman in live action and animated, those that I just mentioned, have all, they all come with such energy and vigor and they Mm -hmm. make you believe this is an Amazon. No matter if she's spinning around to change her clothes or learning how to fly after two minutes, you fully invest in these characters because they're so godly, but so human at the same time. And I think that that's the magic of Wonder Woman, that she is that duality of she can be harmed. She is not as invincible as somebody like Superman, mm-hmm. but she, when she needs to, to, will stand and fight for what she believes in. Yeah, I see. And that right there is just like why Wonder Woman is just so great and why she her just her story and her impact is just spanned throughout the ages. And, you know, just the four that you mentioned, those are some of my favorite Wonder Woman, like, I mean, they've been mostly all of them. So it's just like, but yeah, like it's just like you can never not find a bad Wonder Woman adaptation. For the most part, every Wonder Woman story I've ever seen has been great. And including some of the stuff that's come out of her comics, because as some of which I'm hoping that even some of the people you mentioned, like Linda Carla, Susan Eisenberg, you know, maybe maybe this is something for Adrian Palicki to do. Like some of the comic book stories are, you know, we when I first mentioned them back in the recommended reading for Bloodlines, they were really to give you a sense of who Wonder Woman is just to kind of show that we, you know, like how she is as a hero and but more as a, as a new hero but some of the best stories I've read have been some of when she's been like a seasoned pro like Wonder Woman the Hikatea is really awesome because in this one she has to protect someone who is also on the run from Batman so while she's doing this she has to deal with the fact of like does she protect someone as her duty as a woman of the mascara as an amazon or does she you know does she break her oath and turn her back on justice continue on with justice i mean uh next we also have a league of one which is also a really great story because in that one wonder woman finds out that the justice league might die and it's because of this ancient threat so she in order to save them she has to take them out because if she knows that if they try to compete with it they will die and finally, just to continue on with the Wonder Woman story, and I'm like, would love to see any of these people like play, take on this role for the contest, because this one really helped to expand out the Wonder Woman mythos a lot. And by which I mean her legacy and like who, how she influences other people to Wonder Girl, to Nubia, to Artemis. And Artemis was the main focal point of this one, because this is the comic in which Artemis becomes Wonder Woman and Diana gets stripped of her name and title basically mm. but yeah i would love to see this played out because with that one it would really help to you know maybe if the sequel for 1984 could do this i would love it but yeah it's just like these are all all these great stories that wonder woman has out there that doesn't just only involve her origin story so we'll love to see kind of just like just to expand on the character a little bit more, expand on the story, push it to, to places where, you know, most people probably will say that like the fandom isn't, wouldn't be comfortable with that in terms of just like, they wouldn't probably get it. We'll get it. 
we've had 80 years of Wonder Woman to understand the story of hers. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Andrew, the last thing I have before we wrap this up is what would you like to see from Wonder Woman? We talked about a bit like of how we would expand these stories, but like if you had to create and draft out your own Wonder Woman story, what would it look like? Oh, here we go. This is this is what I've been <laughs> waiting for. So yeah, this is this is where the art, the full art alteration. Prepare no, for the have, next fifty minutes. No, no, no. <laughs> you have free creative liberty right here, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, so for fun, for context, as you can guess, I sometimes experiment with like, hey, you know, I'll take a movie I've seen and be like, well, what if they did this and tweak the story in this way? So. What I would love to see in live action is my version of Wonder Woman 1984. And one day, if there's interest, I'll do the whole, my whole version of it. But in my version of 1984, it ends with Wonder Woman getting an invitation back to Themyscira. And her family saying, we know you broke the oath. We swore you couldn't return, but we we." welcome you back we give you a chance and because of the timeline of the dceu obviously she didn't go back so we'll skip over that and we'll reveal that she stayed behind there was just so much things compelling her to earth so a third wonder woman film with gal gadot would have wonder girl wash up on shore and kind of similarly to like a I know some Supergirl stories do this where Supergirl arrives and like accidentally wrecks things. I would have Wonder Girl show up to the city and, you know, some other heroes try to stop her, but they can't because Mm. she's Wonder Girl. She's so powerful. (laughs) And Wonder Woman shows up, immediately recognizes that's an Amazon. What the hell is an Amazon doing in a major city? And they find out something happened with Themyscira. So... Wonder Woman has to take Wonder Girl under her wing while trying to figure out what happened to her home. Wonder Girl doesn't remember anything. So it invites maybe like any, there's so many magical characters. Maybe um, uh, Hecate is one of them. Um, oh, um, Hecate. Hecate or Hecate. <laughs> obviously we did not take any greek classes <laughs> which is so sad because it's like a kind of little major um i think, oh, I think it's okay. hecate i think it is hecate yeah i don't know if she's the the legitimate dc villain but like someone mm-hmm. someone like her has like brainwashed wonder girl can't so wonder girl can't remember anything and what happened to Themyscira. so wonder woman and wonder girl go research they find themiscira is in ruins they're trying to put the pieces back together and the whole movie would be a mystery of a reconnection of wonder woman with her roots the question of why she never returned why she chose man's world over her home and what the new balance will be going forward will she stay and rebuild themiscira will she say you know the world has enough heroes why do they need me why am i still doing this after all this time maybe exploring her mortality has she started aging i believe at this point again chronologically with the dcu it's hard to tell but 
maybe like 70 years she's been off yeah um actually might be a little more than a little more than 80 because they retconned her history so that she instead of fighting in world war ii like she did in the comics she's not fighting in world war one so yeah so she's about um well actually about 100 years (laughs) oh okay so there you go like so maybe she's starting to age a little bit having to deal with her mortality and I would just love to see a final battle where she, similarly to one of the good ideas I liked about Wonder Woman bloodlines is the idea of Wonder Woman being weakened in some way, like mm-hmm. blinded or her mobility is limited and having to fight through that. Because in the first Wonder Woman movie in the DCEU, she was her power was limited. Once it was unrestrained, it was pretty much game over. In the second one, uh, you know, she got her powers back and Maxwell wasn't a physical match for her. And the conversation Lasso of Truth ending was fine. You know, that she used the Lasso of Truth and convinced him to let go of his power. That's fine. But now I would love to see a gladiator style Wonder Woman in that berserker mode fighting for her life against a tough opponent and for us to feel that catharsis because i think why people don't like the ends of the live action wonder woman movies is because it feels like either the victory is too easy or it doesn't live up to wonder woman's like standards i would compare it to um if you have seen recently sorry spoilers for black widow yeah, the the climax of that movie has her fighting like a hundred black widows, <laughs> people with her equal strength, and it's for that battle. It's not for her to kill anyone; it's for her to keep them occupied until she can rescue them from attacking. So I'd love something similar where Wonder Woman has to put out her full energy, her full strength, speed, cunning to stay alive mm-hmm. and play around with that. So. Yeah, those are the broad strokes. Wonder Woman mentoring another heroine. Wonder Woman returning back to her roots of Themyscira to see how things have changed. And her determining, does the world still need Wonder Woman? Can she stay in Themyscira and send Wonder Girl back? Should Wonder Girl take over? Should Wonder Girl be an ambassador and travel both? There's so many interesting things you can do with it. But I think as long as the story is not rooted or connected to a man, in any way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I would love it. I would love for us to explore so many other shades of Wonder Woman that we just don't get to see. We, it's great that she can punch. It's great that she can slice things in half and that she chose not to use the kryptonite spear on Doomsday when she would have been the ideal choice instead of Superman. All those are great. <laughs> but I'd love to see her have some agency by herself and pass along that agency and inspiration to other women other women as she does just as a character existing in real life yeah i man you read in my mind here yeah like I, that was kind of what i wanted to see too and you just did it so much better one of the things i really wanted to see in a story like that too is an inclusion of all of these other people who have held the mantle of one woman we have Artemis, the whole issue with the, um, the comic book story arc with the contest, 
would love to see that played out in in even like in the way that you told your story. Um, we also have like with Wonder Girl, there are two. There are two we can choose from. And I know that right now Titans is doing, you know, I'll actually say this. I kind of appreciate and kind of like the story arc that we have of Donna Troy and Titans right now. I think it's I think it's well written and on her part. It's been clear that it's a fan favorite episodes and some of the in her recent stuff. Um, but we also have another Wonder Girl by the name of Cassie Sandsmark. So if you're worried about, you know, confusing the fandom about, you know, having two two versions of Donna Troy, we'll understand it. But you also have another option here with Cassie. Oh, like pull her into the universe already. And then finally, if you also want another one, uh, this is my favorite creation here. Uh, Nubia, who has also taken on the Wonder Woman role in history. Uh, she is the Black twin sister of Wonder Woman gonna drop that there hey get it <laughs> yes she was created in a much similar way as the original story arc for story origin for wonder woman so any of them to introduce any of them in this story and which honestly andrew i love i hope that this is these ideas if y'all are taking these ideas please give andrew some credit here the art alteration was here y'all <laughs> miss jenkins uh let's let's have a phone call me me and patty jenkins let's let's talk let's let's <laughs> Let's see how much of a, of a cut I can get in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, finally, that's it on our Wonder Woman episode. We really talked about her past, her present, and her future, hopefully her future. We do want to leave you all with one last thing. As we mentioned, we are doing a, a Wonder Woman fundraiser with Safe Horizon, where we are going to be raising funds to help women to feel more empowered, especially to escape domestic violence because this again is domestic violence awareness month so we're asking that you go to our page and our social medias and head on over to our page landing page so you can donate $19.41 in honor of the year of Wonder Woman's creation so that we can you know really raise some money here and really embody the mission that Wonder Woman had for herself and wants to share with others. So we're going to join her on that journey and I hope that you join us too. Yes, because you just gotta, and if you, you're like, and if everything we haven't have said so far has not convinced you, I just, just think about before 2017, if you're a moviegoer, When's the last time you saw a live action female superhero film? Yeah, that was yeah. also monumental and life-changing too, but just in general too. Yeah, it's, it, there was, you know, executives, there are some executives in Hollywood because it's all rumors, I can't say definitively, but there are heavy rumors that the reason why Black Widow didn't get a movie until 2020 that which was 10 years after she debuted was because executives looked at Electra and Catwoman and said female superheroes don't make money and that was it that those were their examples <laughs> those two <laughs> movies and then Wonder Woman comes along makes a billion dollars and in the subsequent years we have Captain Marvel we have the Marvels coming out soon. Mm -hmm. We have Ironheart on Disney Plus. We have WandaVision. Of course, we have the Black Widow movie, and there is just so much more to come. So even in modern times, Wonder Woman opens up the floodgates and says, 
everyone, every identity deserves to be represented. There is, everyone has value and everyone needs to see themselves on screen. And Wonder Woman opened up that gate, showed a strong woman on screen, a superhero that deserved to be there. And now look at everything that has resulted from that. Sure, there are mixed results as in everything, but she led that and and pushed that forward. So support any Wonder Woman media you, you come across. If you can donate because it's exactly what she would do, but just with much more strength and magical powers. She <laughs> should definitely give $19.41 though, because she has at least that in her centuries long bank account. Yes, exactly. That compound interest was working wonders. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, it's got a beautiful man. Thank you for, you know, just for listening to us and giving us another shot to talk about Wonder Woman. Until then, everyone, take care of yourselves and remember that you too can be an Amazon. Yep, just train hard, get lots of muscles, and don't do it with steroids, kids. Yes. <laughs>